When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Yo people, welcome back to another pod. Welcome back to another episode of New Spurs Order podcast. Um, I am on hosting duties again. I don't know where the rest of the mandem are. It's the winter period, man. I'm going to be indoors, but they can't pick up the mic and drop a couple of words for the pod, for their, the fateful old New Spurs Order pod. Hey, it is well. It is well. Anyway, um, I'm glad to be joined by Booker T, a.k.a. Uh, GQ Tops. Fresh home from, from Jamaica. What are you saying, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, happy to be back after a well-earned break. Um, and obviously coming back to uh, post two games uh, that we've played in the league, which haven't been favourable, which haven't given us super favourable results. But that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, man. Yeah. Ugh. Listen, man. I think the last one of the last pods we did together... We were still in the W Hotel, man. I think it was. We were. Uh, we were in the W Hotel. I think it was Crystal Palace where we did. It was. It was, it, was, it, was up, it was after the Crystal Palace game, and yeah. we were looking in. We were looking forward to the the upcoming games, whereby yeah. uh, we had a run of what we would call sort of fairly you no know, difficult ish or like um, testing sort of uh, fixtures: Chelsea, yeah. um, Man City, Villa, uh, West Ham. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that was. Bro, it feels like a long time ago, man. Yeah, man. It, Jeez, like ago, man. it actually feels Lots. like ages ago, man. Like, and it's is. I feel like, I feel like it would be Spurs, and it, I, I wouldn't even say the optimism is, is has been beaten out of me, like, because I'm still quite optimistic about what we can, what where we can get to this season in terms of our 
objectives, right? However, it's like any sort of enthusiasm, they just beaten. They, they, it's like they're doing their best to sort of beat the enthusiasm out of you, like with the results, yeah. man. I mean, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. no getting there's no getting around it. Like four losses in five is absolutely insane. And then when you yeah. when you factor in the fact when you factor in the point that we've literally taken the lead in every single one of these games and we're leaving with one point out of fifteen, it is scary. I was saying something on the big six about how when we had the injury crisis and which is still ongoing, but it's getting better because we've got some players back. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had the injury, the injury, the injuries pile up, um, we had a buffer. We had a buffer. Uh, we exactly. had, we, we, we were still in the top four, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. We had a, we had a little cushion and I feel like this cushion has been battered Oh, it's been rubbed out. It's, it's been rubbed out. The buffer couldn't be buffered anymore if it tried. Yeah. The buffer it's, it's, it's been completely rubbed out, bro. <laughs> if, 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 if we're thinking about like how we sped into like a bit of a lead and grabbed yeah. ourselves a decent number of points, yeah. now it's just they've just pulled us back to a Mate. deep reality, bro. Like, <laughs> bro, you know, you know when like. When when you're in the mud, yeah. When you're in the mud, it's it's always good to sort of like take stock of like what you've enjoyed the most, right? Before getting yeah. into the mud. But like, I just look around me, and I'm just seeing bare mud. I'm seeing man, uh, uh, I'm seeing I'm seeing the muddiest uh, the muddiest of teams around me and around us. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? Where the hell have you come from? Where it's, the it's, hell have you come it's from? Such, like, it's, it's such a crazy. funny one because like the teams that we would know that traditionally have always been good, are not particularly playing well. So we're talking about like Chelsea in recent years and obviously Man City seem to have just dropped off a little bit. Man United are in a bit of a funny place. Arsenal are having a decent sort of season again. Liverpool are having a bit of a resurgence. Villa are looking a, a lot better. You know, so it, it actually feels like we're going back to a proper heritage Barkley season where you just don't know what's going to happen every single week. And yeah. to be honest with you, us starting the way we did, it was, it was probably, people could probably look at it as massively being out of character because we didn't know what we we're going to expect with the new manager. We didn't know how we were going to play. Lots of different players coming in. But actually, it's been a really, like, if we're taking stock of the season, it's been a positive start to the season. Like, we Absolutely. can't, we, we can't get out, we can't get away from that. But the way that the Premier League is set up, man, it's a results business. It's a results yeah. business. And if they're going to look at your form table for the last five games and they see four out of five reds, you know, they're going to be asking questions, and, and that's and 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 I think it's very fair for I think for Tottenham fans and even other fans who who watch the game to be looking at us and thinking, "What's going on?" Horrible, bro. And I feel like I feel like the thing is, I, we'll, we'll, um, we'll talk about um, we'll talk about our our attackers and our build up, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, mm-hmm. across both games. But I just I don't know about you, but like there's just something deep inside me that detests goals. Like the goals we conceded yesterday, like <sighs> I detest it, bro. and I detest giving mediocre teams life. And that is that's one thing that's that's probably the thing that's burning me the most about this. Like I'm seeing West Ham fans and come away from that thinking, yeah, like we've done the business here, and I'm like, wow, like team, man, it's you were literally horrible, horrible for 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 so much of that game. But I can only look inwards. I can only listen. A, listen fortuitous goals, but I can only look inward 
at our inability to finish teams off and create the necessary opening. Right? I can Absolutely. Absolutely. Go on, you go, you go. go on. No, when you, even just from the, from the start of that game, you're looking at that game from top to finish, zero to 90, from a statistical perspective and even from an eye test. Like, it's disappointing coming away from that. Like, there's nothing you can't... It's one of those ones where sometimes it can be unlucky, but actually it's extremely disappointing to come away from that game considering how we played, how we stained pressure in their half, how we kept the ball, how we actually created a fair amount of decent opportunities and to come away with that loss. It's a hard one. It's actually, it's a hard one to take. It's hard one it's to pain. take. It's pain, it's pain, man, it's pain. Let's 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 get into it. Let's get into it, like, because um, I think the best way to do it is obviously compare both games against each other. Obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. in the space of our last pod, we played Man City away, an exhilarating 3-3 game. We got a point mm-hmm. in that game. Last minute equaliser from Kulisevsky. And then a couple of days later, we play West Ham and we lose the game 2-1 at home. Three straight home losses. I, I think it's fair to say that <laughs> um, uh, the joy that uh, the joy we we had joy in both games, but a different type of joy, right? I think Man City, even though we suffered, <laughs> we, it's like yeah, we suffered. We in suffered. Yeah, suffered we in did. Half, we we did. Into it in the second half. West Ham, we we were easily the best side in the first half, and we suffered in the second half, man. Um, I want to start off with like how we how we were in possession in both games, right? So yeah, okay, let's okay. remove the offensive side to it. Compare okay. what you saw in the Man City game in terms of our build, in terms of our ability to build play versus what you saw in the West Ham game um, in terms of our ability to build play. So in terms of our ability to build play in the, in the Man City game, like it was an interesting game because Man City... Their press is absolutely frenetic. Like it's, it's it's absolutely frenetic to the point where they give very little time on the ball, very little time on the ball. And as a team, you know they're very good at you know what you, what we call tactical fouls as well. So they kind of make it extremely difficult for you to build. And even though I felt like we've been playing in this way, you'd almost kind of think to yourself if you've got a centre back pairing of Davies and Emerson, you would temper that. But Throughout that first half, <laughs> we did not temper that. We just continued, continued, continued down this road of playing ourselves out. And in one respect, it's admirable because, to be honest with you, it's like one of these things. It's high risk, high reward. There were lots of moments that we put ourselves under pressure and Man City won the ball high up. And arguably, that led um, to a really high quality chance in which Haaland should have really scored. And obviously, uh, the starting sort of bit, the section before Foden's goal, because we lost the ball quite deep in our half as well. So it it frustrated me, but I was kind of feeling that, like, if we can continue doing this, the way Man City are pressing, the minute we can get out of it, it's going to be useful. And actually, there were lots of moments, especially in transition, where we did manage to get out. And it's weird. Man City are like a funny team, like, they're a very good ball-playing team. And I don't think they're amazing out of possession. But it's like sometimes I just feel part of them can be got at. And the minute you put them under pressure in their final first, the opportunities arise. The opportunities arise. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're looking at the West Ham game, they actually decided to take a different approach. They were quite happy to sit in. They were quite happy to 
almost at, mo- at some points let us have the ball. And when they did try and trigger a press, especially in that first half, we were able to basically beat it and we were basically in on them. But that kind of game is difficult because whilst we have a lot more possession, there was more of an onus on us to actually break them down. And it means that you have to have decent combinations of play. You have to have good one-on-one ISO, good one-on-one moments in which you basically create enough overloads to create decent enough scoring chances. And honestly, I felt like in the first half, it was a different game to the Man City game because if you look at the possession statistically, we had a lot more sustainable pressure in the final third. We had a lot more possession. I think at one point in like the first half an hour, we had something like 115 passes. They had 12 passes. We had like four shots from goal. They had none. And we had we and we had scored at that point. So it felt like you can see how the team does kind of adapt in a way to different kinds of opposition in the way that they press and how they sit in. And I actually felt that despite the difficulty of the game against Man City, I think it was really admirable to play the way we did and actually only to go into that first half 2-1 down, considering the kind of chances we'd given up and the way we played, I felt was really positive. However, I just kind of felt nervous that having gone into that West Ham half 1-0 up and created the chances that we did, it just kind of felt a little bit like this could come back and bite us. Yeah, man. I think it's a it's, it's mad. This is literally polar opposites in games. The, 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 the Man City game, we're going in at half-time and we're like, oof, thank God it's only 2-1. Mm-hmm. Thank God it's only 2-1 because this could have really been, this really could have been peak. Whereas Man, the, the West Ham game, for obvious reasons, Man City being the best team in the in the league, and mm-hmm. West Ham finishing, where did they finish last year? Like 13th, 14th? I can't even remember. Um, West Ham, you're, 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 you're saying to yourselves, why is this only 1-0? Why have we not made the most of our territorial advantage? I mean, if I look back on yesterday's game, the most, the most recent game yesterday, I think... With Man City, and I compare it to Man City, I feel like with Man City, even though even though we were under the cost for the majority of the first half and didn't mm-hmm. really like do ourselves any justice in terms of how bad we were fumbling with the building out, right? Yeah. With 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 us, I felt like we always carried a threat. Yeah. I felt like yeah. it was just it, we, we carried a threat, and I felt like it was just the final the final piece that was lacking, right? From Brian Hill, sometimes from Brennan Johnson on the right-hand side, mm-hmm. maybe um, in the midfield, just botching, um, just botching the, the those moves. Those final passes, yeah. Those final moves, those final passes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And it's, it's, I feel like that's something which, that's something which has been a theme in a fair amount of our matches this season, even in matches where we're, we're killing teams and we've actually gone on to win. I feel like I feel like outside of the, the Burnley game, we let yeah. too many teams off the hook, you know. Like I, I we, do, like we, we do, we do, we do too many teams uh, off the hook. No, I agree with you. And actually, I think it's something that Andrew's even said as well. I think earlier in the season, like, you know, maybe we didn't really get it at the time, but earlier in the season, he 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 did say things like we should have taken more of our chances, we should have been more clinical. And at the time, you're probably thinking, you got the result, what are you talking about? And I can kind of see where it's coming from because a lot of these opportunities that we're creating, you know, like like you say, you get these goals early, it gives you a buffer. 
And when you get a buffer, everyone's a bit more relaxed. The game isn't on edge. It doesn't feel as end-to-end as it needs to be. Like in some games, fine, it's going to be like that. There's going to be a lot of transitions. There's going to be a lot of end-to-end stuff. But games mm-hmm. like West Ham yesterday, you have a 2-0 buffer going into that first half. It almost feels like the game is done, um, considering how much possession we had, considering how much chances we created, considering how much final third like territory that we were able to keep. And they were penned in. They were. They, they, there was a point, I think, between like the 20th minute and the half time, in which they didn't actually want to play out. They were just happy to clear the ball and to receive anything that was coming back to them from a from a from a defensive perspective. So it's just like we need to find a way of first of all controlling these controlling the games that are that do feel like they could go end to end and maybe in transition, but the ones where the teams do have areas where they're going to sit in, they're going to lock in and make it difficult for us to play. We need to be more incisive. We need to be more clinical. We need we need to make sure that the chances that do come, that, that do arise, even not even the chances, but actually the passes before those chances are set up, that they're, they're, way, more, they're way more incisive, they're way more decisive because the Premier League is a humbler, man. Like, and this is the thing that I think is just a little bit, it's a little bit annoying. It's, it's annoying me right now because it's like, in the Scottish League, and I'm not trying to down the Scottish League, you can have the opportunity to do this because there's teams that are not going to be as strong as your team and you're going to be given the opportunity to do this. However, the quality of chances that are going to be created by other teams in this league are one, going to be higher and two, they're going to be taken with higher frequency. So it means that the chances that you create have to be good quality. And mm-hmm. when you do get them, you have to make sure you take them. And unfortunately, if we're really, really being real, man, that is what has happened to us in the in like the few games. Yeah, we let's, lost let's, the game against Wolves in six minutes, bro. Six yeah. minutes we lost that game. Let's 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 you know let's we've spoken we've done a comparison between the two. Obviously, now let's let's try and split the games apart, right? Um, yeah, and let, let's let's actually look at the attacking dynamic deployed in in these games, right? So let's 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 focus on West Ham for now. And then we'll okay. compare, and then once we've went with West Ham, we'll compare it to Man City. Um, so West Ham, we went with a starting front three of uh Johnson on the left, uh Son through the middle, Kulisevsky on the right. We went with a left eight or slash number 10 in the yeah. Celso, who's actually mm-hmm. been in good form in these last two mm-hmm. games that he started for Spurs. And we went with Hoybier playing as the right central midfield role with yeah. Sumo. As the as the six, and I feel like I feel like um, with, with with this tactic, I just don't know, man. I, <laughs> when I look at the offensive performance, I feel like it's been a consistent theme so far this season, where whereby we're just seeing the team be consistent at being inconsistent that's that's the only way to put it so far this season we have been consistent at being inconsistent in our final third actions and that is what is frustrating with me right mm-hmm. on the right hand side with Kulisevsky I feel like the level that he's given us so far this season it's very hard to gauge whether he's having um, a decent season a good season or a or a not so good season because I feel like his form has just been a bit too bumpy, like, and his play has been quite predictable 
for the most part, when he's been on that right-hand side. And I say this when he's coming off two strong games playing as the right eight. But I don't say this to say that he should move to the right eight because I've seen him also play really well for Spurs in one or two matches this season when he's been the right winger. And then I think with the way West Ham played yesterday as well, when you set up in a deep block, you basically neutralise the threat of Sun, who has actually been our most consistent attacker this season. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When you look at like Liverpool, when they were, obviously before, before they went down to nine, he scored his goal in the first half. After they went down to nine and they put bodies in the box, they congest you. They congest that area, and he just hasn't got the space. You saw it against Sheffield United, no space. You saw it against Brentford, no space. And then space. yesterday with Zuma and Aguerd plus that meathead Suchek in the midfield, and all the other all the other guys that they were playing in midfield camped on the edge of their box. There's no space. So we already knew that that type of game, you're not going to see the best of Sun. So then there's more emphasis on the Kulisewskis. On the Brennan Johnsons. The Johnson's, what, have you got yeah. for me? what have you got for me? Yesterday, I want to. I've lost count of the amount of times we were able to to funnel the ball out wide. We were able to catch West Ham in transition and break, and yet the ball would be shunted out wide to one of Johnson and, and Kulisewski, and the move would just break down. Man, it's just not good enough. It's it's not good enough, man. And I totally, I totally agree with you, like. Um, how did I want to say this? Sometimes I think, okay, there is a need. I think on one hand, there's a, there is a need for a different profile because I feel like sometimes you need someone who's going to take someone out of the game just because of their actual quality. However, I feel like the way that we are building chances in our, in our third phase, in the attacking phase, and the way that we are creating chances through, you know, the inverted fullbacks and, um, the use of sun and the wingers, I feel like we're creating enough chances for us to be able to put in these games away. I feel like, one, it's probably a little bit of finishing, but also, two, I just feel like with our attackers, there's not enough fluidity. And I can kind of understand when people are saying we need to give this attacking group some time, we need to give them 100%. some patience because, you know, we know that they have some good yeah. moments. Like someone like Brennan Johnson, I think he has really good qualities. And I just feel like you probably didn't see a lot of those qualities or actually have a real, like, sort of, you know, eagle eye on those qualities when he was at Forest because you're only getting a snapshot. But, like, we all, like, for instance, we know his MO is get to the flank and deliver. He's been doing that, but he hasn't been doing that to a high enough level. He hasn't been doing that to a high enough level, and we need to see more of that. Plus, I actually feel that he's a really decent goal output when he wants to be. He needs to start adding more of that to his game. With someone like Kulusevsky, I feel he's been so integral to the way they've been playing. And actually, I think, if anything, he's probably been one of the more fluid guys. But if we're talking about his positioning, especially as a, as our like primary right winger, you know, there's a lot of ball that goes to his flank. And I just feel there's lots of different movements that he can, he can make. I feel like he doesn't utilise the one-two enough. I feel like he doesn't actually go on the outside enough. I feel like he used to chop so much with his right foot on the outside. And I feel like right now, his style of play is, it looks somewhat predictable. And and in the Premier League, that's not a good thing because if you start to be predictable, then people can just, they can just prepare for it. 
and then they can completely nullify any sort of outlet, any sort of danger that you possess. I think, I think with a, honestly, like, I think with Kulisevsky, he's become, he's, it's not even that he's become it, but like too many times in 2023 this year, I think he's just too predictable in his actions. He's yeah. just too predictable. And I feel like with with our wingers now, they struggle. They struggle when they're getting when they're getting double teamed. When the double team when when that double team is putting their head tops, they struggle, man. They struggle. Brendan Johnson struggles and uh Kulisewski struggles. It's not easy. It's the we're, we're talking about good wingers and above that can consistently good wingers and above that can that can play despite um despite this 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 block um in your path to goal and i think they struggle they struggle with kulisevsky yo the one point you made for me that's pertinent is he, his refusal to just use his right foot like the, i've lost count of the amount of times we're breaking the the early the early cross is there you had no problem doing this in your first season at spurs you were using your right foot regularly and now regularly, he wants to come in on his left foot and when he comes inside on his left foot the end product is just not good enough his it's not good enough. tepid and weak uh, for the most part and then even his crossing he used to be a really good when he'd come in on the inside and find that like that in sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that in-swinging cross now it's like you're overcooking the crosses, um, undercooking the crosses. It's, the it's, too se- it's too central. Like yeah, I, was bro, watching, it's like, I was watching the game back yesterday. There was like two. There was two crosses in like the 80th or 80 some minute, and he like it was almost as if the outside runner from Poro opened it up for him. So yeah, he had time and space to find anybody. And two of yeah. these crosses went straight to the keeper. Not even like the keeper had to stretch and get it. They went straight to him in the middle of the goal. Yeah. So it's just and like I think, I think as well because I don't want to be too critical, right? I don't want to be too critical, but no, I think no, no. I don't think we are being. I don't want to be too critical. However, I don't think we are being like overly critical because these are issues that we we mentioned in the summer. These are issues that we spoke about in the summer when we were comparing how Ange wants to play versus the profile of attackers we've got. And mm-hmm. it's been a long-standing discussion point. Anyone with a logical brain who knows football, when they've watched Spurs this season, they can clearly see that the mix of attacking profiles we have at the moment is not going to get us to reap the full benefits of the style that Ange Postacoglu has, has, has implemented. Because, as I said, the wingers are getting the ball constantly we're keeping teams penned in, right? We're working the the build up is actually quite fluid. It's just making that that final that final pass or that final action in the box or in the final third to actually get us more goals than we than than more goals to match the 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 offensive threat that we're showing. I mean, we spoke about this in the NSO chat today. Like, what problems? I mean, what what solutions can we? offer to these problems and the obvious one is the one that we spoke about in the summer which was the the, the destabilizing winger the 1v1 explosive pace like direct dribbler type winger was mm-hmm. we're now in december 
we're still talking about Spurs needing this profile. Yeah. Up front, we've spoken about Sun and his and how it's how you neutralize his game when you play a deep block and you close off the space that he can operate in. We don't have another option to play there because of a certain man that I'm going to speak on. <laughs> that I'm going to speak on. Later yes, on. Let's, speak on let's speak on him. Let's speak on him. Let's speak on him. <laughs> I know your eyes lit up. I would like. To speak. I know your I eyes lit up. I know your eyes. I was speaking because I have a number of I have a number of brothers in the NSO group that would be very happy to hear what you have to say on him. But yes, yeah, you, you can speak. You can speak. You can speak. So, so, so there's 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 two ways of looking at it, right? So, we know what the long-standing issue is, and we can either address that in January or the summer with one or two players. Mm-hmm. And we could also look inward, right? Because we spoke about, we've spoken about, we spoke about this at Liverpool when we struggled against Liverpool's deep block. Um, even though we won the game, we struggled. It was not a good performance in the second half. And we spoke about how in those situations where the defence is set, we need to try and work the outside more. We need to try and maybe get some of our fullbacks overlapping to give some of these wingers an option, right? So it's yeah. not just 1v2 or 1v2. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you, like, you, you To be honest which, with you, I actually think, I actually, for me, I actually, I, I'm more inclined to believe that he will look inward because if you look at the different times this season as well, he's had times where things haven't worked out and he's changed it. And actually, we've got some positives. So if you look at the way that we started with a Charleston, he went with a Charleston quite heavily. And actually, he moved Sun and then he started to play. Um, they started to play uh, either Richarlison on the left or now Brennan Johnson. And actually, that re- positives, we've got now Sun who's on like nine, is it nine or 11 league goals or something like that? Nine, nine league goals. So, so already, so that reaped some benefit. You then look at the situation we have with Madison. We were, everyone was screaming, screaming, screaming for a different uh, for a different player to play there. Lichelso finally came back. He actually then started playing Kulusevsky in that right sort of eight position. And actually, that has reached some level of benefit as well. Like, I can see a real positive when he plays yeah. there. I wouldn't like to feel that... I think Sam made a good point today as well in the group that, like, you know, you can want these kind of players to come in and hit the ground running. But, you know, with transfers and how they go, players sometimes need bedding, and you don't actually know that the, the output that, that those players are going to come in and automatically give you. Maybe they'll give you a different dynamic, for sure. But again, what is our big issue? Our issue is that we're not actually, like, if it, if it was a case of us not creating the chances and getting these areas, that would be a different issue. But the actual issue is we'll get into these areas and we're just not being as incisive, decisive yeah. enough, and we're not killing teams off. So that could sometimes be either a number of things. It could be a finishing situation. It could be a confidence situation in the attackers. It could be a situation of trying getting them to be more fluid so that they can feel more confident in these areas. And then maybe you can possibly look at saying, okay, if we bring in different personnel, they could be the kind of players to to, to give us something different. Personally, I would love to have different personnel. I still feel that there is need for it because I feel like whilst I'm happy that the technical level of the of the attackers has actually gone up, I still feel that there's space. I still feel... Would you, would you say it's gone up, though? Because I don't think... Listen, so for me, after... And I'll maintain this. After Sun, yeah. for me, is our best is our next best attacker. I think that one is clear, right? Yeah. Well, even he... The, the MO, in my opinion, this summer was to go out and get someone better than what we had. That's what yeah. I want. 
And whilst I, I'm, I'm not going to say this to, to shit on Brennan Johnson, but you know my views on yeah. Brennan Johnson. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I, I actually I echo a lot of your views on Brennan Johnson yeah. as well. To be and, and, and and the thing is, you you alluded to this at the start, right? Like, it's not one of them ones where it's like, oh my god, you're you're shitting on the guy. Like, he's here now, isn't it? And we can acknowledge his qualities. He's actually been quite positive up until yesterday. He's actually been quite positive for Spurs. He'd come on, yeah. he'd make an impact. Um, he looked like he he he'd want to go at go at the opposition, right? But just in general, Spurs were in desperate need and are still in desperate need of an attacker to come in to lift the standard. Do you get what I'm absolutely, saying? To absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Better like, than I, what we have, right? I, I, I um, like Johnson. I, I, I thought he has he has good qualities. He has good qualities, but I also feel like. It gets. I don't. And I, I know he's young, and sometimes I think it's difficult to say this about young players. But like, I almost but feel that issue, with him, there's an there's an emo, there's an M, there's a ceiling. There's exactly. a ceiling. The That's... issue, the issue, isn't even so much on Brennan Johnson, right? Like, I, I actually think, like, to your to your point, I think he's got qualities there that I reckon Ange Postecoglou can make can make can make something out of, right? Like, I can see him getting goals for Tottenham. I think when he's actually weirdly. When it comes to shooting and he's in the final third, I feel like he can he can be an asset for Spurs. And mm-hmm. I think he and I feel like when you have the better players in the team, like a Madison, who's able to find his runs better, right, than than a Lacelso or Hoybiel stuff, or like put him in when he's running from goal as opposed to out on the edge of the pitch where he wants to sort of like where he has to take on players. I think he can be an asset, but my issue isn't even just oh Brennan Johnson in, in name. My issue is the skill set that we're still missing for this team when we're when we're playing the way Andrew wants to play. We know he wants to play a system where uh, the wingers are going to have a lot of the ball. And where the wingers are going to have a lot of the ball, we actually want wide men who are not afraid to go at their opponents, go on the outside as well as as, as well as the inside, and generally mm-hmm. get past their man and de- and deliver a lot of threatening actions, right? Right now, with with our attack, it's too inconsistent. It's too inconsistent in terms of what you're going to get from these attackers in terms of output and decision-making and just overarching quality. Brennan mm-hmm. Johnson, so I believe that there's a there's definitely a, a scope for improvement. And I think, I think he can become a, a useful player for Spurs. But it's just back onto the main point. Spurs still need an attacker to come into this team and say, I am him. Where, yeah, is absolutely. Our, where, absolutely. Is our, where is our? Where is our? Where is I'm him signing. That's it. You need that someone bro. who's gonna who's, who's someone who's gonna come in and and sometimes like outside of Madison, they're just gonna be like, give me the ball, let me cook something up. There's some teams that have the kind of player, players who are gonna completely create dynamic, incisive mo- moments, goals, assists in the attacking third that maybe none other player in the squad has the ability to do and I really do I really do feel that right now that one kind of dynamic player is what we're missing like I don't feel it's a negative too much because I feel like and I really do feel this is a massive positive for our attack is that we are actually creating progressive sustainable attacks week on week out against all different oppositions and to me that's actually a massive massive positive for the team but the one indictment I have on that is that you need to then have the players of the of the required, I wouldn't say required quality, but actually of the, of the required decisiveness and incisiveness 
to be able right. to make sure you turn these chances into goals and, and moments in games, you know? You're spitting, you're spitting, Booker. You're spitting, Booker T, yeah? <laughs> um, but listen, I, I guess, and we, there's no getting around it. We do have injuries, right? So our options yeah. off the bench are limited. Like, <sighs> it's completely different. It's completely different bringing on Brian Hill off the bench to Perisic or even a Solomon. Ah, right. uh, listen, listen, you see that, brother? Let me quickly speak about it. That Brian Hill, brother. <laughs> hey, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, like, I can see what Andrew's doing by playing this guy as a out-and-out left winger. But it's, he was so bad against, against City. Like, to the point where it's just like, you're left-footed and you're receiving the ball constantly with your left foot. But you don't you don't think that you can use anything else but your left foot to dribble yourself out of trouble. So every time he was getting it, it was either too short, it was too long. He had no real synergy, no real sort of bond with Udogi. And honestly, like everything that he did against City was so was, was so disappointing. I just felt like he has a decent amount of technical quality, but it's just like sometimes I feel sometimes he actually is better as a inverted winger. I don't think there's any point of playing him as because I just feel like he doesn't he doesn't have enough speed to get on the outside by himself. I don't think he has the dribbling, the high level dribbling quality to constantly beat guys. I think he's very jinky. He's very good at you know ducking and and creating space for him himself when it comes to being pressed from behind. But mm. I just felt like like that City game when he was in the first half, uh, it was so disappointing. And it's just like. I think After a good start as well. He had a really yeah. good turn. He had goal. a really good. He had a really good turn for the goal, and I felt like he was in a really positive moment. But then, outside of that, I mean, that first half against City was was hard. It was a hard watch. It was difficult. Like it was difficult. But I, 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 I'm so, who does he get compared to again on Big Bang Theory? <laughs> What's his name again? Gets compared to not Leonard. Uh, not Sheldon. What's his name again? It's, it's the Jewish brother. Um, oh, what's his name again, man? What's his name again? Um, big, let me quickly find big, it. Uh, big Bang Theory characters. What's his name again? Um, oh, God. God. Um, it is Howard Wallowitz. <laughs> Howard. Howard Wallowitz. So, Frank. So, so the thing is, he gets compared to Howard Wolowitz because he looks like Howard Wolowitz, right? Howard yeah. Wolowitz, from, from, if I recall, was able to finally get some, you know? Like, he finally got some. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? He finally got some. <laughs> he did, you know he did, I'm he did, saying? He did, yeah. So, he so, did, yeah, so Brian exactly. Hill, yeah. Brian Hill, the problem with Brian Hill, yeah, is he's clearly got technical quality. Like, he's... He's actually quite comfortable with the ball at his feet. But the problem he's, with Brian Hill is he's got nothing for me. Yeah, no, yeah. He's yeah, got nothing You know what I'm saying? He's got nothing for yeah. me. You know that, that you know that meme? Oh, what's you know that old guy? Um the the one that was playing. You know that I got one more in me. What's his name again? <laughs> <laughs> It's the opposite for, for Brian Hill. He has got nothing left in him for Spurs. I'm sorry. Listen, Cy called this like a year ago, the, or a year and a half ago too. The Gill experiment, it's just not going to work because I just don't see him as a good enough offensive threat 
to make it at this club. Like, you've got nice tech, right? But in the end of the day, he's too scrawny and he just isn't enough of a goal threat for me. So when he's not, even, he's not even done, he's not even dynamic enough to be honest with you. Like, if you think about think about areas that Brennan Johnson finds himself in and what he does with the ball, can I can I can I get that from Brian Hill? I don't think so. This I don't is think it. So. I this is it. So. And and using Brennan as an example, it's actually a good example, right? Because Brennan Johnson, he came on um against Crystal Palace and you saw the impact he made in Crystal Palace, right? Yeah. We now have Brennan starting, and when Brennan is stinking and Kulisevsky is stinking, the options that we have off the bench can't come on and give us that similar level of impact. They can't, yeah, right? Can. And Brian Hill is just the first point. Yeah, Brian Hill is just the first point. I, I think mm-hmm. either on the left or on the right, he's just not good enough. He needs to go, right? I'm now going to speak on our £60 million man, right? Because if we're talking about the attack, we have to talk about the attack in totality. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tops. Listen, this is me (laughs) coming on air. You're my brother. Yeah? Yeah, I'm sorry. Jack, me, (laughs) listen, we told you. We told you. We told you. That's what I'm going to keep saying to you. We told you. And and, and I said it to you. I said it to you. You know what it was (laughs) for me? It was Sheffield... United FA Cup when he started up front with Lucas and I said this brother does not have to have the technical level to represent this football club at the top level he's done I, I actually said that night he needs to be sold he needs to be sold and I'm so happy that you finally shined you've, you've shined your eyes bro I'm sorry bro, bro, I've shined my bald head and my, I've shined my eyes <laughs> along with my bald head like, and I can tell he's you so bad bro like, I can I tell you it, do you know what is with Richarlison for me yeah I've like I shouldn't be shocked and yet I am shocked at his misses like you come on the pitch the one thing, the only way he's been able to score for Spurs this season, by the way, still no goal with his feet, professional goal, that still no goal with his feet. He's been at the club since June 2022. We are nearly approaching 2024 and we are still waiting for Richardson to score a professional goal for Tottenham Hotspur with either his left or right foot or leg, whatever you want to call it. Heading is the one thing you have been able to score some very, very small amount of goals with. You scored a header in the League Cup this season. You scored a header against Sheffield United in the league this season. Why are you missing point-blank headers? Point-blank headers. And the thing is, it's not even just the misses. It's not even just the misses, yeah? Because I can, I cannot, I won't be happy that he's missing chances, but I can live with you missing chances, if you are offering us more in general play. Case in point, I'm not sure if you watched the Aston Villa game, right? But Kulisevsky played infield. Kulisevsky missed a horrific chance in the first, in the second minute or something like that. He's done it very well. He's barged, muscled Pau Torres. He sent Diego Carlos to the chip shop, right? And he's... Bearing down on goal on your strongest foot, strongest foot, just, yeah, just hit the back of the net. He he hits, hits the, the post. post. Mm-hmm. Should have scored, but I can give 
some sympathy to Kulu, even though we've just spoken about how Kulusevsky needs to be better in his offensive play. I can give some sympathy to Kulusevsky because you know what? In the game, you were jugging. You were actually fantastic in that game. You were causing Aston Villa so much problems, so many issues he caused, caused Aston Villa mm -hmm. and created dangerous situations for Spurs. Richarlison, on the other hand, is the opposite. He is creating dangerous, dangerous problems in favour of the opposition. <laughs> He's hurting Spurs. Bro, yesterday, there was a break, and I said this on my channel, so there was a break yesterday where I just said, you know what? I'm actually disgusted that I even held any sort of stock in you. Are you kidding me? There was a break. The ball breaks to Richarlison just outside our box. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the few moments in the second half where West Ham have, have actually committed players forward. Because obviously it's a set piece. They're committing bodies forward. I think they only had three or, three or four men ready to defend the counter-attack. Destiny has made a run on the left-hand side. It, I'm literally asking for a six-yard basic pass into Destiny's path. And he fumbles. And I'm just like, how? How are you fumbling basic, basic yeah. passes? And not for the first time, not for the second time, not for the third time, not for the fourth time, for the umpteenth time. I'm just sick to death of Richarlison butchering our ability to build play. I've had enough. It's done. It is finished. I want him out of this club in January. Saudi, come and get him. China, come and get him. Brazil, come and get your boy. Come and get your boy because I am done. I'm finished. Bro. I, I'm telling you, I'm, we've been saying he doesn't have the technical quality to be a top striker in the league. Not only does he not have the technical quality, there is no dog. There is no available in this brother he is not it he's just not it and it's just so sad because it's like you try to give this guy an opportunity so many chances to be able to say prove yourself this brother has less goals than Romero he has the same number of goals <laughs> as Van der Ven he has the same number of goals as Emerson this man is a striker uh, they killed me in the group when I said this man is no better than Janssen He's no better than Soldado. I'm telling you, this is one of our worst. Hey, say my name, brother. Don't say Dave. Say my name. I'm right here. Say my name. He's one of the worst strikers we've ever signed. And it's crazy because, like, we talk about the value of the money that was spent. And sometimes you can get lost in that. But I genuinely have no idea how we are going to recoup any money on this. He He's completely done. He's completely done. I'm so sorry, man. Like, we, like, even at the beginning of the season, in the TLF chat, we were saying this man might get 10, 12 goals. He's not getting that. He ain't getting five. Yeah. He ain't getting yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. I, I said that was one of my... That was one of my... He ain't getting five. Non-negotiables. You got to give us double figures. He's not even getting... Yeah. I, do, I, don't I, think I, I, I can't see it. I can't, I can't see it, Tobes. I can't see it, bro. Because it's like, it's like you're just waiting for the penny to drop. And I'm like... It's not gonna drop, is it? Because he actually yeah. just misses everything. He should be on five Premier League goals already. He's had enough chances to be on five, five Premier League goals. Like, look at that chance at the end. I mean. <laughs>
Come on, YG is hilarious. Man said, bro, pick up YG in the comments. <laughs> the bro just running around doing nothing. Cardio sessions. For six All he's doing is just running around, bro. That's why he's just running around. And your point on, um, your point, I can't, I think you just, you literally just made a good point now in terms of like yeah, his scoring rate in comparison to, to, to the rest of the, the members of our squad. And it's just like, it's just so pathetic, man. It's just yes. so, so yes. pathetic. And yes. it's just like, him, man. it's just like when the, when the A, when the, when, when plan A isn't working and you need to rely on plan B, your plan B is, is horrendous, bro. Yeah, like this plan B, if this is a plan B, mate, it must I'd rather just B. give, I'd rather just give the minutes to Valise. I'm not even, I'd rather just give them to Valise now. Bro, like, uh, if that's a, that's a, that's a plan B, that's a B for bastard. Yeah. That's a B, <laughs> that's a B for, <laughs> that's, that's the only way that can mean plan B, plan <sighs> bastard. Yeah. Because oh, that man plays yeah. like a bastard for Spurs. I swear to God. Yeah. I swear yeah, he, to God. He must, he must hate us. How are you a striker not scoring with your feet? One it's goal. Mad. Anyway. One goal. Oh, God. Anyway, listen. Oh, man. Let's, speaking of plan A's and plan B's, I guess we, we, we may as well talk about Ange Postacoglu, right? Because... Yeah. Yeah. Using both games as well. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk on Ange and then we'll finish off with a preview for the, the Newcastle game. Because Ange has come under a lot of scrutiny in recent weeks, man. Um, a lot of people <laughs> suggesting that he should tighten up. A lot of people suggesting that um, we shouldn't exert as much energy into into our style of play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on Antipostokoglu? Because it's just like I, I think I was discussing this with Owen last week. I feel like there needs to be some balance in these discussions, and there needs to be some critical analysis on what is actually happening in these games that would use that some people are using to essentially generalize what Antipostokoglu is producing. Yeah, they're using some of these games to flog him, which I just find, well, the first thing I think as well is that across the board, generally, I think, uh, I think across the board, generally Spurs fans will be happy purely because I feel that we're playing, like I said earlier on, in an attacking, progressive, sustainable way. It actually, it feels enjoyable to watch us. And I feel that like um, when things will be right, they will be positive for us. Like, where am I with him now? I still, I'm very much behind him. Um, I really believe that like given time, given the personnel, we will be doing things that I I, I feel Pochettino didn't even do. Um, I, I really do feel that there has been such positive amount of football that I've seen, even without our first 11, our fully fit first 11, that has no. given me feel, feeling to believe that I'm not like majorly worried. Um, I mean, if you look at the games from the, an eye test perspective, I think maybe the only game that would have been cra- the craziest that I would be looking at differently would be the game against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. In which we in which we held up those high lines, but outside of that, I've just seen so much positive and promise to make me feel that if we give this man time and give this man the right amount of tools to do his job, and I know it all it all very very much sounds samey like what we said in the past with managers, but I just feel that like when we get it right with him, we'll get it really right, and mm. 
I really do feel to the point where we will become a team that will, t- will challenge for the title. I feel like not only has he improved certain players in terms of how they how they receive these players in the team, but he's managed to get them playing in a certain in a certain way. But now he's actually got other teams setting up in a certain way to play against us, which I think is probably a bigger sign of, of respect of what he's doing. Um, I, I feel like whilst the team is young-ish, he seems like he's instilling a no fear kind of mentality and yeah. we're going out and just playing and installing his sort of style and philosophy, which I think yeah. is super important. And one thing I also think is really kind of interesting is that how he looks at games even when we've lost. Because sometimes, you know, you can look at some games and if you lost, you take some level of disappointment and there isn't a real true reality. Like I feel like some of the losses that we've had, they've not been real true reflections of how we've been playing. And I feel that he can see that as well. And actually, he doesn't seem too undeterred by it, which I think is a positive thing. He probably is of the, of the opinion that some of these games were probably quite tight. And actually, given a fully fit squad, given some things going in our favour on certain days, we'd be in a completely different position this season um, in terms of where we are in the league. But I'm very much in. Uh, I've, uh, I don't want to say I'm completely in over over Poch, but I'm very much. If this is how we're going to play, it and he and he can get us doing it in the, in the way that he says he wants to do it, I'm all in, man. I'm all in. I I, I, I want I want it. I think I think I think um, with with Antipostokoglu, right? Um, I think similar to what we were discussing in the group chat today, you got to take the bad with the good. Right? And yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't say this to say that I don't say this to say that he's been bad. Um, like I completely get why people are being critical of Ange. Like I, I think it's almost impossible as a manager to not face any criticism when your team have lost four in your last five, three straight home matches. Um, mm-hmm. No, it, it, it the criticism literally comes to the territory. So. He has to firm that. But to your point, when I'm watching these games, I'm actually like, because I asked the question in the group chat, I actually asked myself, like, what could Ange Postacoglu actually do differently to, 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 to change Tottenham's fortunes here? Because, and I don't say this to say he can't do anything. I'm just genuinely saying that, what can you do to change things? Because I think this is his job, right? You can change things. I do think... In the game like yesterday, I felt like his use of this, his substitutions could have been better. I didn't really get the skip sub, bringing on skip to play left central midfield, taking off Lacelso. Mm-hmm. We basically finished with a midfield of 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 skip, Saar and Kulusevski. But yeah. at one point we had a midfield of skip, Saar and Basuma. No, sorry, skip, Basuma and Kulu. It was just weird. Like I didn't really think you needed to bring on Oliver Skip, and I think it's mis- little things like that will make a big difference because we've praised and seen the impact when Ange gets the substitutions right, like he did against Man City when he brought on Hoybier for Brian Hill, and you saw the platform that gave us to play in the second half when he brought on Emerson for Davies against Crystal Palace at half time. Obviously Davies was injured, but he put Emerson left back. He played yeah. Emerson left back, and you saw the change that that had on our team. Same for Brennan Johnson against Palace, right? Same for Perisic against Man United. Like, yeah. I understand that his hands are tied in, in somewhat 
in, in, in some respects in terms of who he can bring on. But I do think with the players that he's had available and he will have available in this upcoming game on the weekend, use your substitutions to the standard that you have used them in the majority of matches. That's what I would ask. I mean, I mean, it's 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 a difficult one as well because you know football, especially at the highest level, is a results business. So whilst you can look at the the metrics, the statistics, the the eye test, effectively it's a results business. And if people are seeing yeah. more reds than greens, of course they're going to feel a certain way. Of course they're going to feel like they're they're not um, getting what they asked for or what they think they what they think they were promised. Um, yeah. And I th- and I think as well, I think Spurs fans. Oh man, I, I don't know. I like it's 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 two ways, and I'll just go very quickly. Like we had no expectations this season, so and I still feel that some Spurs fans need to understand this. We had no expectations this season. We actually didn't know what we were going to be getting, and we had such a fractured squad at the end of last season. You know, morale was low in the fan base and in amongst the squad. And actually, us starting this season and playing the way that we have. And actually maintaining sort of the performances and the and the results that we've had, it's given us like this new and I think it's given the majority of the Spurs fans in this false dawn that actually we're a great side and this is where we should be. But if you think about it, we're really in the infancy of this project. We're really in the beginnings of where we actually want to be. And to be honest with you, if anything, we've actually overachieved and we're probably more ahead than maybe where a lot of our our fan base and maybe even Ange thought that we would be but mm. there's always going to be bumps along, along the road and actually as long as you see that there's a philosophy a process a style in which we're going and I, I think Spurs fans should just be patient I feel like for once we're looking at someone who can continue to do his job at a very good level and it will reap rewards but we have to understand were 15 games into us into a league season in which this is his first season in the Premier League. It's it's a humbler. Like, like oh, I know we say it a lot, bro, but you know that meme of, of Conte where he's like, just one fucking week of, of regular Barclays Premier League. You're never gonna get that. It's a humbler. Look at us in the week. Everyone thought we were gonna get panned, packed a potion by City. We got a free-free draw. Look at it midweek, Everton against Newcastle, high flies in the Champions League. They got packed 3 0. Like the league is a humbler. So I, I think, think like, go on. I, I just think that, that we as fans, especially Spurs fans, just have to exercise just a tiny bit more patience. I feel like it, it it's difficult. You you don't like losing. No one likes losing, but this is gonna be some bumps in this road. And I think this I'm is just what we're gonna have to this is what we're gonna have to just expect. I do hear that. It's just it's just four losses in five. That's that's kind of brazy. It's, and, it's, it's bad. It's, it's, it's brazy. Bad. And we need we we I think that one needs to be made clear. Like, and to be fair, even Andrew Postacoglu himself, right? His press conference after the West Ham game, he was furious, bro. He yeah, was furious. he wasn't he wasn't, he wasn't happy. He was basically saying, bruv, I don't give a damn about just playing nice football. I want to win. Um he said he said I'm playing this way to win. And I actually believe I believe every word of what he's saying, because I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like the criticism that has been le- has been leveled at Ange is that he has no ulterior way of playing, and he um, he has no ulterior way of playing, and um, he he's only interested in the in just making Spurs look good and 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 not really having that potency. And I think those claims for me are absent. Are, are What's your like? You know, we were talking about this in a group earlier. What's your take on that? Like, 
because I actually think what you said was a really good point where you where you made a point whereby it's actually important for us to worry about making sure we master our the plan A, plan a before we actually but then do you not feel sometimes that like dependent on your position there has to be a tempering or has to be an adjustment otherwise it does look like you're just going into every game almost exactly. like you're just punching down the same hole and actually that hole just needs to be just be moved or needs to be changed a little bit to be able to affect the game yeah. in a different way yeah 100% i do think that, that i do think as managers though um that you do you sometimes you will need to flex according to your opposition but i also believe that what we're trying to do right now with Ange Postecoglou is much harder than creating um, a one-time game plan for Man City or one-time game plan for Liverpool. It is yeah. much harder to get Spurs to transition from a team who who prioritised what we did off the ball to now what we do on the ball. On and the ball, absolutely. And I think he's done a fantastic job at it so far, which is why I'm like, you can still see that there are times where we are getting caught in build-up, where we are not, like, in the in the front three, where he said that th- these attackers are working on their games. They're young, they're working on the games where we need to improve. Like, I want to get better at our base way of playing. Once we get better and totally familiar with our base way of playing, then we can talk about a plan B. And, and making small, think, small tweaks here and there. Mm-hmm. Small tweaks here and there. And I actually think, I think that there, there have been games where he has tweaked it. Bournemouth away, he did he not tweak? Did he not yeah, tweak? He did. Yeah, Man City yeah. in the second half when he took he off Hoybier for for for, for, yeah, for, for when he brought on when he took off Gil for Hoybier. Did he not tweak Hoybier, it? Yeah. Did, yeah. did it did it did it did it stop Spurs from playing the way we wanted to play? No, we still played our way, but we just we just went with something different, bro. Like I, I think I think he has shown a capacity to change things when possible, but I'm also not. I'm also wary of not asking a man to deviate to deviate from a style that has actually brought us quite a lot of points this season and has brought us Already. quite a lot of dominance in games. And Absolutely. again, I have to bring it back to the attack. I feel like what has let Spurs down this season is what we're doing in the final third. That's what's yeah, messed up because right. football's a game of fine margins. West Ham scored yesterday. Two goals they scored yesterday, by the way, right? They scored two goals. One was a ridiculous ricochet, pinball <laughs> nonsense that that they'll pro- that's probably the luckiest goal they'll score this season. It was remarkable. And, how, how and then, and then they was. get a, they get a gift of a goal courtesy of lax defending from Destiny, right? Yeah. And even him, he's an embodiment of you take the bad with the good. He's been Absolutely. fantastic. He's been fantastic for Tottenham this season, and he was even playing so he was playing so well yesterday as well until until that moment. So I, I'm at a point now where I'm not trying to let Ange and the team off the hook for for losing four and five. They absolutely have to win, and we'll talk on, on Newcastle. But at the same time, I'm looking at a, a manager who has dropped who has dropped most of the scrubs in this team, who has been able to enable a positive style of play, who has been able to get some quality out of players who were dead and buried and has united the fan base and has got Spurs scoring goals despite of this functional attack. Am I really meant to be sat here saying, oh my God, he needs to do X, Y and Z more? No. no I'm now no. looking at the board. What, you, what, what have you got for me? What have you got <laughs> for, for Ange? What have you got to try and, and to try and help him cook up a little something, something in January? That's what I'm, I'm looking at. 
this is this is it as well because you know it's always going to go back to the same old oh we're getting on to Levy we're getting on to Enik but at the end of the day you know you can see what we're doing is positive surely you should be thinking how can you help him make this make this positive for us how can you help improve the situation for us because in January we have the opportunity once players become fit again to really step on I like I don't want to say go for you know um go I don't want to say go for the title but I feel like we have the opportunity because and I still feel that we have the advantage of playing one game a week we have the ability to really put pressure on teams in the higher in the higher like, places in the league and I feel that if we continue to do that that will just give us confidence to move on to next season to which we then improve the squad we completely solidify the way that we're playing and we'll, and we're like we further improve the way that we want to play under him but it's it's this is a process. It's going to be so difficult, man. Yeah. It's going to be so difficult. Yeah, man. As I said, like, we loved it when we were good. Now we just got to take, we got, we, we, we got to affirm that when it's bad. It, 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 yeah. Fundamentally, I have belief that this team know how to try and hurt an opposition. It's just getting that little bit of luck in the final third and, yeah. and, and getting not just luck, Getting that little bit of luck and better and significantly better decision making in Final Third through new personnel or through the current personnel performing to a better standard. So let's see, man. Let's see. Let's see. Let's let's move ahead to to Newcastle this weekend. We'll we'll, we'll wrap things oh. up after this. Okay. Sorry, Ange, you're my guy, but my man, mate. We need a W. We need a W. You got to win this game of football. We need a W. There's nothing. We need a w. Like... I don't, I, don't even want to, I don't even want to talk about no suffering well. I need a win. I need a win. There's nothing like Everton who are fighting for their lives just pack these man 3-0. I need a W. And this team, they, they took six points from us last season. They gave us the work of our lives in St. James's and they came and stole a result from us. Time wasting, all that jazz against us at home. We need to get something. We need something from this game on on the weekend. We cannot afford anything but a, anything but a win. I won't accept it. I won't accept it. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. I'm so with you. Like I think with, I think with this one, they embarrassed us in mo- in so many ways last season. Total domination at their ground and even at our ground where we oh. actually, actually had a much better first half than they did. And all of a sudden, bang, so we mean, don't... Crazy mistake from Lloris. Crazy, crazy mistake. And we we lose the game of football, bro. And yeah. it's just... I feel like a lot of teams have benefited from our injuries this season. A lot of teams in the last four or five games, they benefited from... Injuries, suspensions, ill discipline, all the nasty things and annoying and disappointing things that you, we've seen in our game, teams have punished us and benefited from it. I need to see us with what we have available. I want to see us punish Newcastle. Not because they've done anything wrong per se this season, but I want to see us take advantage and capitalize on their absences. Right? I'm looking at their team. They got so many players injured. I thought we had a crisis. We've actually got they some had, players they had, back. They there's have a crisis, bro. There's this yeah. peak. Hotman, Dan Byrne, Harvey Barnes, Joe Willock, even Sean Longstaff injured. Um, 
who else? Matt Target injured. Yeah. Nick Pope injured. Injured, yeah, exactly. Bro, they got so many injuries, so many injuries, right? Callum Wilson injured. Do you get what I'm saying? They're in a similar position to Spurs, where it's like if they're if the team that they put out doesn't do it, they're kind of stuffed. But we have actually got some players coming back. Saar is back and available. I, we need him to which start is positive, that, which is really, which is really positive. Mm-hmm. Saar back, Romero is back. Do you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, I, thought, I thought he was really good. That. I thought he was really good yesterday. I didn't think he. he was I thought good. he was really good. He was, was really good. good. He's just, he's just that 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 aerial draw, though. I think he's got he's got to be stronger in in the lead up to their first goal, that jamming goal. I think yeah. he's, he's got to be stronger in that aerial draw with Bowen. But he was really yeah. good, and you saw so what we missed. Good. You saw what we missed on and off the ball with Romero Absolutely. yesterday. Absolutely. But yeah, go on. Talk talk to me about Newcastle, man, because I feel like I want to get a prediction from you before we end this. It's a and difficult I one. See, I want to see where you feel the game will be won and lost. They're such a phys- they're such a physical side. They're so physical. Like, I mean, they will fight for absolutely everything. Uh, for me, I think that the game is one in midfield. I feel that in in Bruno G uh, and Jolinton, they have such strong. Uh, they have such strong, like physically imposing kind of guys. And then uh, I've been watching the seventeen-year-old. I can't remember his name um, that they've got in there. Who seems Lewis to be Marley. pretty like, Yeah, Marley he seems Cyrus. to be pretty. Cyrus, he, yeah. he seems to be pretty tidy <laughs> as well. So for me, like this is another thing. I don't. I don't want us to go on too long about it. But every week I watch Hoiberg starting this, or playing this team. Uh, I'm just. I'm not moved, man. He's, he's so bad. Uh, so for me, you know I what feel that. Called, the, yeah. And he wasn't even that, but sorry, sorry to interject. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even that he was like that awful or anything yesterday. But do you know what it is? Hoybier is actually, he is a flipping hologram in defensive phases. Oh, right? God. He it, is like, a it's, hologram, bro. If, if, he, if he jumps out once to try and make a defensive and someone just, it doesn't even have to be very much these days. It can just be a little shimmy, a drop of the shoulder. All of a sudden, you're looking at the barrel of your defence. With this yeah. guy, like, I just, I just don't understand it with him. And then even on the ball as well, he just—he's so careless, man. I don't mind if you're someone who makes five-yard passes and that's your mo. Make five-yard passes, but if you're going to try and do lots of different things and you don't do any of that really well, then it just means that every time you get on the ball, you're losing the ball, and that's just a—that's a, a black hole of possession, which I just don't like to be honest with you. So yeah. for me, it's going to be one in midfield. I feel like Bissouma had a decent game. I felt like he was doing lots of really positive stuff. But again, you know what his limit is in terms of, of, of his passing. So whilst in first phase, it's really good. In the final third, in the third phase, you're not going to get too much incisiveness. You know, you're probably going to ask him to maybe shoot a bit more. But mm-hmm. I think if we can get Bishuma, if we can get Bishuma Saar back, that will give us a really good um, physical base because I feel that off the ball and the physical aspect against um, Newcastle is going to be really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and see how um, Everton set up because... I know it was a difficult one that they lost midweek, 3-0 away. But I'd be interested, because again, that's a really physical midfield. You know, they have, um, uh, what's his name? Decore, and then they have uh, McNeil, and um, obviously um, the, other, the other French, uh, Francophone guy, what's his name? Um, um, who? Uh, that was at PSG. Uh, oh, Gay. Um, gay as well, yeah. So... I'll be interested to see how they set up that game. I'm going to try and see if I can find it um, tonight and watch that because 3-0, I mean, uh, uh, Newcastle, even from away from home, are actually not bad. They're, 
they're a team that play very very much in in transition um and they they, they literally love they love their counter-attacking goals so for them to not score any and to lose three nil is i'll be interested to see how how they'll um how I mean, they'll turn around from that they, they've really to be fair to them they've 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 struggled away from home um in the prem this season yeah. to be fair uh, yeah. I think I feel so. I'm looking at it now, and uh, Sheffield United. Sheffield United is their is their only win away from home. They and that was, that was the one that they pammed They pammed the that last was one. That was the eight 0 pamming. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They obviously Man City lost. They lost to Man City one 0 which is understandable. Yeah. They yeah. got uh, they got packed and potioned by Brighton. I remember that well, game. Brighton, I remember that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. packed, packed, packed and potioned them. Um, they drew two two to West Ham. Yeah, they drew two two to New to Wolves, and that Wolves game, to be honest, I don't think they deserve to win that match. Um, and they were quite fortunate with one of the penalty decisions as well. Wolves played really well in that game. Um, yeah. Bournemouth, they lost two 0 That should have been a pasting, bro. Bournemouth. Oh yeah, they absolutely packed them out. Um, yeah, and Everton blamed them three 0 So. We're seeing the results get progressively worse be- to match the number of players that they're missing. Injured, but yeah. even when they had some players fit and available, they were they weren't the best on the road this season. On the road, no, they we need to take advantage of that. We need to take advantage of that. I think did, across all across all competitions, across all competitions, they've only won two away matches, and that's wow. Man United in the League Cup and Sheffield United away. We need to capitalize and beat these lot, man. I'm not even asking for a battering or something. Just win the game. Uh, just a win. Just to give our confidence back, you know, get a win on the board. Just get our confidence back. Just get yeah. a win on the board and make sure that we can we can try and go into the next period, this Christmas period, without um, feeling that we're begging for a win. It's been six weeks since we got a win. Six weeks since wow. we got a result. Man. Crazy, crazy. It wasn't even Halloween the last time we got a win, bro. Oh, Mental. scary, man. Mental. Scary hours. Scary hours. Scary hours. Um, yeah, anyway... Listen, Tops, uh, I'm going to hold you to a prediction, please. What are you going for? Oh, it's a goal. It's a, it's a goal fest, man. It's a goal fest. Um, I'm going 3 2 Spurs. I'm going to go 2-1 Tottenham. I think we're going to win this game. I think we have to win this game. And people, we're going to end the pod here, man. Tops, thanks for hopping off. Always, bro. It's been Always. a pleasure. It's been Always. a pleasure chopping up with you. Did you bring me any patties from Ocho o- o- Rios? <laughs> <laughs> I brought a hell of a lot of rum to be fair, actually. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna settle down to a little bit of rum tonight and maybe watch the, the Napoli Juve game. I think. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Rum, yeah. All right, fair play, fair play. I can. It seems that you're both stopping a lot of rum on holiday, boy. And that's, that's, that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. What, happened, what happened in your private time stays in your private time. Yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> all right, people, thanks for tuning in. Yeah? Make sure you're following us on all socials. New Spurs Order is one word on Instagram, on TikTok, um, on Twitter as well. Make sure you're following the main handle, Touchline Fracker, Fracas, Fracker, one word. Um, on the same platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. Um, we'll be back, I guess. We'll be back. We're going to be on the Jumbo screen for Discord. Discord is back now. So I feel like there might be a Discord this Sunday for the Newcastle game. 
Um, and of course, if you don't catch the Discord, make sure to tune in on the following Monday for the um, for the main pod release and the early hours of the morning. So, people, take care. Peace out. Sports Social Podcast Network.